0: Several years ago, I had an experience I'll never forget. It was Kol Nidre, and I was standing in front of the congregation speaking about making resolutions. Kol Nidre is such a unique night. It feels like everyone's in shul. If the rabbi speaks too long, no one will notice because no one has anywhere to go. Honestly, it's a rabbi's dream. Over the summer, I had been thinking about the idea that every person has a next step in life they can find, something they can do that will concretize their personal goals, I decided to share that message in that climactic moment when the shul was bursting with people. I spoke about how there's simple things in life, like lighting Shabbat candles and making kiddush on a Friday night, something any person could do. Go out and find your next step. That was my message. I probably felt good about it, but like every moment it came and went, and then later that winter when the high holidays were a distant memory, I was talking to a woman in our community on a Saturday morning. And she mentioned my Kol Nidre remarks. I'd been thinking for a long time about what Shabbos means to me, she said. See, your words in Yom Kippur about Shabbos hit me. I decided then and there that I'll take on Shabbos by making Kiddush every Friday night. She described how that Yom Kippur was a turning point for her in her Jewish path. When she shared this with me, I was elated. I had planted a seed, and without my knowing it, the seed sprouted somewhere in someone's life. A lot of us are trying to get somewhere. We want to grow, but are we really getting anywhere new in life? Are the seeds we plant sprouting? How can we be sure that we're in a path towards deeper connection with our Jewish self? In today's Torah Journey podcast, we're going to explore your path in personal and Jewish growth. We'll discover how you can become confident that you're in a path that will lead you somewhere very good in your life. Plus, make sure to check us out every week, wherever you listen to podcasts, for weekly wisdom in your life journey. As I am recording, it's the 14th of Shvat, January 27th. Tuba Shabbat is tomorrow, and February is next week. We've already gotten about a third of the way through the year since the high holidays. The days are still dark, but just starting to get longer, and spring is over the horizon. Over the high holidays, we planted seeds in our lives. And now we come to Chodesh Shvat, the month of Shvat, and the new year for trees. The trees are not budding yet, but we're looking towards spring when the buds will sprout and the days will get longer. And in this time, as we consider the new year of trees, we also consider that human beings are very much like a tree. The Torah, in fact, has special treatment for trees. In Devarim, we're warned against cutting down the fruit trees during a military siege. Do not cut down its trees, for from it you shall eat. Now, these Hebrew words that I just read are not simple to translate. Rashi renders the verse: "Do not cut down its trees." for from it you will eat, and you shall not cut it down. Is the tree of the field a man, that it should enter the siege before you? According to Rashi, the Torah is making a rhetorical statement. Don't include the tree in the siege by cutting it down. Is it a human being that you should go to war against it? Now the Ibn Ezra, on the other hand, renders the words in a slightly more literal sense. You shall not cut it down, for a man is the tree of a field that it should come before you in a siege. According to the Ibn Ezra, the Torah is telling you that the fruit tree is tantamount to a human being. Don't include trees in your siege, for trees are human life, and that they give life to people. Don't cut down something which is human life by virtue Of giving people food. Now, these are fascinating translations of the verse. It obviously is a difficult verse to translate, hence, the commentaries grapple with it. But it seems strange. Why did the Torah need to mention human life in this discussion about trees? The Torah could have easily said, Don't cut down the trees, they provide food. It seems like the Torah really wanted to get into this idea about the tree being a man or not being a human. According to the Ibn Ezra, the verse is an outright comparison between human and tree. And even according to Rashi, there is an implication that we are like the tree. Because according to Rashi, it's like the Torah interjects, letting us know that a tree is not a person. But hold on a second. Who would have thought that a tree is a person? It's as if to say that without this verse, we would have mistakenly thought that a tree and a human are synonymous. The Maharal explains that the connection between a tree and a human is actually a broad Torah theme. What is the connection between humans and trees? The Maharal of Prague offers a fascinating approach. The Maharal of Prague, that 16th century Torah luminary, explains that both a man and a tree are plantings. Both are creations that have an above-the-surface expression growing from a system of roots. The tree sprouts above the ground, but it grows from roots that are underground. A human being, on the other hand, sprouts in this world but grows from its roots, the soul. The Maharal refers to a person as an inverse tree. He writes, A human is an inverse tree, for the tree has roots planted below on earth, but a man has roots above, for his soul is his root, and that comes from the heavens. If the tree is planted in the ground, sprouting on earth, Adam, mankind is planted in heaven, also sprouting downward into this world. Now, this is a deep idea that we're rooted in a spiritual world. But what does that mean in our lives? The Maharal continues the discussion, and he points to a Mishnah in Pirkei Avot to support the idea that a man is like a tree. The Mishnah states that a person whose wisdom is greater than their deeds is like a tree whose branches are heavier than their roots, and they'll be toppled over by the wind. On the other hand, a person whose deeds are greater than their wisdom is like a tree whose roots are strong. All the winds of the world cannot knock them over. As David HaMelech says, King David, in the first chapter of Tehillim, a tzaddik, a righteous person, is like a deeply rooted tree Upon streams of water. Now here is an interesting development. Humans are like trees. According to the Maharal, humans come from a spiritual place in the heavens above. But on the other hand, the Mishnah says that our roots are our deeds, our actions. So which one is it? Are our roots our soul above or our actions below? The answer is that we most certainly have roots from God and from our spiritual source. That's where our soul emanates from. But how do we get rooted in this world? How does that beautiful soul find its expression on planet Earth? It's hard to feel rooted in this world. The winds of change are constant, blowing us every which way with the latest trends and the passing ideas. And so we need to have a couple things. We need wisdom. And we need deeds. We need to acquire God's wisdom, which is in the Torah. That's our branches that reach out, that branch up to the heavens. But when those beautiful ideas of the Torah well inside of us, we need to have actions that root us. Ideas in our head are just ideas. We need to have actions that concretize and express those inner beliefs and those ideas when I was sixteen years old, I, I spent a summer in Israel with a youth group and I I had felt really turned on to Judaism around the time of my bar mitzvah. But spending that summer in Israel was life-changing. For so long I yearned to understand the meaning of life in a deeper way. And all of a sudden I was thrown into it. Shabbat, Jerusalem, the Jewish people. I came back home and I sort of didn't know what to do with myself, but I had this pair of tefillin that I had not worn much since my bar mitzvah. And so there I was each morning, 16 years old, laying the tefillin. There was no minion. It was just me in my room in Leominster, Massachusetts. There was this big idea inside of me, all of these thoughts buzzing. And yet, it was that concrete action that made it real. So my summer trip to Israel didn't just last six weeks. It lasted a whole year. Well it sort of lasted a lifetime. One of the truths of us is that we have this inner spirit inside of us that needs to come out. It's like that moment in our Parsha when the Jewish people have crossed the Yamsuf, the Sea of Reeds. There's a moment of inspiration and they call out in song. And in that moment, the Torah states, Az Yashir Moshe, then Moshe will sing. What does this mean? Rashi points out the difficulty. Az-Yashir translates as, then he will sing future tense. Shouldn't the verse be written in the past tense saying, then Moshe sang? And Rashi tackles this by teaching us that the verse is describing a moment before the song. In that moment, beholding the miracle, it came into Moshe's heart that he will sing in the future. When Moshe's heart was filled with the idea of song, that future of singing began to take shape. As soon as he knew that he will sing, the song was a reality. The Torah looked at that moment right before he sang and wrote, Az Yashir, then he will sing. It was at that moment of inspiration and deciding that he will do something about it that really mattered. We all have something inside of us. A song we will sing, a novel we will write, a garden we will plant. When we have that idea welling up, the future song or action is taking shape. Song does not begin with singing, but with the inner belief that we will sing, that will make it happen. And that's the essence of our Jewish lives. We have great Jewish ideas. There is a creator, God is connected to our lives. But as Jews, these are not just ideas that stay in our head, they come out in life, expressed in our actions. Judaism believes that there is a creator. There's a deep idea that we express in our actions. We celebrate Shabbat. We spend a whole week planning and we cook. And come Friday night, our cell phones are off. And our jobs of the week are a distant memory. On those moments of a Friday night at the Shabbat table, the candles are flickering. Our work day has left behind us. And we live in that inspired idea that God creates and provides In that moment, our spiritual lives take root in actions, actions that make up the minutes and the hours of our lives. So how do we get in a fulfilling Jewish path? How do we plant success? We need two things. We need the inner wisdom and inspiration, and we need the actions. First, we need inspiration. We study Torah and we seek out God in our lives. We find ideas that inspire us. Just this morning, I was reading the fourth chapter of Tehillim, talking about how God is the light of our life, I felt inspired. And that's the wisdom, the inspiration, where we're reaching up with our branches to the Shemayam to the heavens. But then that inner spirit, like a tree, needs to find roots. And so we need the actions to root us, and they can be very small, even tiny actions. Small actions begin to create a spiritual space a holy space in our lives. For example, you might feel inspired through your learning or introspection to commit to Torah study for five minutes during your lunch break every day. Or perhaps it's a commitment to really sit at the Shabbat table every Friday night without distractions and engage more deeply with your family than you do during the week. So if you're wondering where you're going in your Jewish life, Take the time to learn Torah, or go for a walk, and think about the big ideas that move you. What inspires you? Where do you want to go in your life? A more meaningful Shabbat or a deeper prayer experience? Perhaps you want to be a better spouse or a better parent. When you find an area that you want to grow in, consider a small but consistent action that could express that inner song. Slowly embrace the small, consistent actions that As you do so, you'll create a healthy system of roots that can support your branches. And the best part is that when you find your Jewish roots, all the winds of the world cannot knock you down. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to check us out next week on Parshat Yitro. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts for more weekly wisdom for your Jewish journey. I'm Ken Brodkin, and this is the Torah Journey Podcast.